0: Now before we get into this interview, I just wanna share with you a few words from our sponsor, DesignCrowd. If you haven't heard of DesignCrowd, they're an amazing online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, uh, outsource their logos, their web designs, with access to over 472,000 designers around the world. And the cool thing is that within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you receive 50 to 100 plus designs from designers around the world, so you have the best chance to pick that perfect design for you. I love this option, I use it in my business ventures and projects because it saves me on a few major things in life such as time and headache, Of going back and forth with designers I don't know if you've had that struggle before but I have it's also affordable it's scalable without you even needing an in-house design team which I love right it's it's that flexibility of just going to it whenever you need so the good folks at design crowd are kind enough to offer you as an exclusive addicted to success listener the VIP custom design upgrade pack which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, business cards, websites, flyers, and emails. So head over to designcrowd.com slash success, and the promo code is success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Okay, now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Today I have the beautiful Alexi Panos, who has just dropped her new book Fifty Ways to Yay, which is a transformative tool for a whole lot of happy. So, right. you know, Alexi, <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. We are, we've hung out quite a lot, and um, you know, you've got an awesome energy about you. You're so giving, and I know for sure you stick to your daily habits of reading self-development books and meditation, and Uh, you're just like you're a testament to you know what it means to stick to this and make it part of your life and I know that you're all about mastery so uh, I'm excited to jump into this this podcast interview with you today
1: yeah super excited to be here and and honestly just to share whatever I can with, with your crew
0: yeah, well I'm sure they'll love you. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, I've shared a number of your your videos and also Preston Smiles, who is your husband to be. You guys right? get two married weeks. in literally two weeks. Oh my god, that's crazy. It's crazy. Exciting times.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I know that the audience loves your content because they they share and they comment and they like it all. So, uh, you know, jump on Alexi Panos' uh, Facebook or her YouTube channel to check it out. So, Alexi, just uh, give us an idea of like, what does it mean to, uh, to to yay? Or what does yay mean? Because it's like 50 ways to yay. Does that mean happiness? Does that mean fulfillment? What does it mean?
1: Yeah, so yay to me is, it's an essence, and you know, most people hear yay and they think happiness, but it's not just like superficial happiness, like a happiness hat that you throw on when, when life is good, it's that, that underlying bliss that you feel when you're tapped into something deeper in life, when you, when you're tapped into the truth of who you are, that is a type of happiness, a type of bliss, a type of contentment and presence in life that only comes when you're actually living your authentic self and the 50 practices in the book are really about taking you step by step deeper into relationship with your authentic self. And it's it's really incredible because, you know, the book's been out now for a week and I'm getting feedback from all over the world who, from people who have read it and said, you know, this chapter totally deepened my relationship with myself through my wife or through my children. And this chapter tapped into something that I've never even experienced before. And quite frankly, that to me is Is why I wrote the book and really the book tapped me on the shoulder a few years back and said hey it's time to write me Mm -hmm. and it's because like you said I mean you've stayed with us at our place you know that I'm a person of my practices and I'm a person of living the work that I teach and truly this work has made just a profound difference in my life because I went from somebody who quote unquote had it all. I was living what most people would call a successful life. I had, you know, six figure income coming in. I owned a place in New York city. I had the car, the clothes, I had everything I could have ever wanted, but I wasn't feeling that yay, that sense of happiness or contentment with myself. And it was because I was deeply out of alignment with the truth of who I was. So I realized that no matter how much I had in the bank, no matter how much I had crossed off my to-do list, no matter how many items on my vision board I had accomplished, if I was out of alignment with the truth of who I was, I would never feel happy. And these 50 tools are the tools that I used on my journey to really come to that place of contentment
0: and, and bliss on this journey of life. Beautiful, beautiful. So, if you're reading the book, you got no excuses to not hit the yay because there's 50 <laughs> ways to do it, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I give you all sorts of ways to attack it, man. There's there's so many things you can do.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. So, Alexi, let me ask you this. Do you believe at that point in time when you were in New York, you said you felt like you were out of balance. Yeah. Were you chasing somebody else's definition of success?
1: Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't even somebody, it was the world. You know, I, I had, at a young age, kind of been thrust into the entertainment industry, first as a model at 12 years old, and then second as a singer in in the music industry. And since then, I was kind of on this roller coaster of of life where people were saying, you know, success is money, success is fame, success is influence, success is you know, having all the things you could ever want, and I bought into it, hook, line, and sinker, and I thought that if I had all those things, and I had, you know, the notoriety, and I had, you know, where people knew my name, and they knew who I was, then it would make me something, you know, I would finally be worthy, I would finally be respected, I would finally be valuable in the eyes of the world, and, What I got is that until I saw myself as valuable, until I saw myself as worthy, until I saw myself as respectable and and really tapped into that deep knowing, then the world would never see me in that way. And I would constantly be chasing. And, you know, my 20s were all about the chase. It was all about the more, 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 better, 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 different, different, different. You know, the minute I got one thing, it was on to the next thing already. And now I'm truly coming to a place where I'm like, oh, success actually means being content with the truth of what I am, and it doesn't mean that I stop doing and I stop creating because the truth of who I am is a creator, we're all creators. So then it's just a matter of the intention behind the creation. Am I intending to get an outcome of respect, worthiness, value from the world, or am I creating for the sake of creating? And that's where everything shifted for me.
0: That's amazing. That is so amazing. Uh, Alexi, you know what? I, I wanted to share a, a story. I don't know if it's out there yet, but um, I remember the first time <laughs> I met you, uh, we were riding in the car. We were doing a road trip to Vegas, me, you, Preston, Javon, yep. and, uh, Evan. And I remember uh, I said, you know, I, I think your name sounds so familiar. And I, I used to work in the music industry, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Out in the US. <laughs> and I remember seeing, uh, I was working with songwriters and I saw the name Alexi Panos. And I was like, gosh, I'm pretty sure you were like a singer or something like that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I used to uh, write songs and sing for a label. And anyway, we went a little bit deeper with it. <laughs> it turns out you were like signed to Ja Rule out in New York. And you were there with all the like the 50 cent beef and everything going on. So yes. tell us, j- real quick, just tell us a little bit about that and how oh, like man. everything shifted there and why you decided to get out of that. Uh,
1: yeah. That it, well, you know, it's very few people know this about my journey because I feel like it's it's like a whole other lifetime. This you is know? An
0: exclusive then, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Because I don't talk, like some people know that I was in the music industry but they don't know who I was on tour with. But yeah, I was signed to MI2 which was, um, Murdering's like, new label under Def Jam. And I traveled the world touring with these guys for two years. And while it was, like, this incredible experience where I got to see the world, I got to see behind the smoke and mirrors of the entertainment industry on such a high level. Because these guys were at the top of the Billboard chart at this time. Mm-hmm. And I also got to see the, the darkness of the industry. And like you said, it was during that time of the 50-cent beef. And, you know, I literally saw people stabbed in front of my face. I mean, there were gunshots in clubs in Miami. Miami wow. there was a club in Miami i forget the name of it but we were in it and somebody shir- uh, fired shots and they released smoke gas in the club and there was one exit and it was like the craziest most chaotic thing and i just remember being this like you know 19 year old at the time from a small town in pennsylvania who's just in a completely different environment and I'll I'll be honest, Joel, for a while, I totally lost myself in that industry. Um, I was trying to fit into this idea of what I thought I had to be to fit into like an R&B rap label, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is just hilarious in and of itself. Uh, But I totally lost myself while I was playing the role of, you know, this like R&B, sexy, girl who was like badass and da, 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 which okay are there there are facets of me that are like that sure but <laughs> at, at my at my core it was it was like a 180 from who I actually was um, and on tour i just got soaked into the to the the drinking the drugs like everything was just an easy escape you know and and my influence my environment showed me that that's what we did you know that's that's what we did we partied hard and we worked hard we partied hard and we worked hard and sure enough i guess at that point we had gone all over europe all over asia and our final stop was in africa in south africa and we had done what we always did which was we played a show we went to the after party we spent all this money on champagne you know and in this particular club in cape town we had been there for only 20 minutes we spent close to three grand on champagne. We're getting on the tour bus and I look to my left and there's a shanty town, which is like um, a slum village. If you've seen Slumdog Millionaire, it's a village like that, tin houses, tin roofs. And it just hit me in such a profound way where I saw that I was being a taker in life, that I was, you know, just a part of the problem and not a part of the solution. And I was, I was in it for me, you know, selfish gains, totally selfish gains. I was, focused on getting famous, on getting rich, on getting better, and not focused on contribution and how can I serve and what am I what am I actually producing of value in this world that is um, giving back and not just taking. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and, and quite frankly humbled me in the biggest way. Um, I remember that tour bus ride home to the airport. I journaled the whole ride and I still have that journal and I read it every now and then just to remind myself that no matter where you are in the journey, you could be a billionaire uh, or you could be broke, but if you're not contributing and creating something of value in this world, you're going to feel empty and you're going to find ways to escape your emptiness or numb your emptiness because you don't want to face it and it's, it's a scary thing to face. That big question of why am I here, like what's the point? And I felt that at a young age and I'm so blessed to have experienced that at a young age because I then came back to New York and changed everything. Got out of the music industry, started a nonprofit organization and decided I wanted to to make a difference. I wanted to create value. I wanted to be a person of service and contribution in the world and actually do something with my life.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Isn't it crazy though? You had that moment of maturity where it was just like, Wow, what am I doing here? You reflected on your own life and yeah. you looked at what else was going on and you felt like something needs to change. I, I feel like so much success and especially around contribution comes from when you realize there needs to be a solution and that you totally. actually, it actually might be possible for you to make that happen.
1: Totally. and yeah. And you know what's interesting? I feel like everybody's got a solution for something, you know? Uh-huh. And I hear so many people that I coach or I work with in my workshops that say, You know, I just don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I can contribute. I don't have any gifts. And it's like, man, everybody's got something. And do I know what it is? No, I can't tell you what yours is, but you've got something like you are here on this planet for a purpose. Do I know what that purpose is? No, but you get to figure that out. And I do believe that part of the journey of life and part of the reason why we're here is almost like an unfolding, uh, discovering process of figuring out what our gifts are and then how can we use them to actually create value in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like something just feels off, right? When you're not following your path. Totally. you actually feel like you're off a path like you don't feel like you're going anywhere it gets very confusing <laughs> totally. and the thing is it's actually easy to follow your path I know it's yes. gonna be hard for a lot of people to, to to like hear that and process that but it is because so often we get in our own way like totally. we're put here we're designed here and, and placed on this earth for a reason yeah. and so everybody is just like thinking that there's the tips and the tricks and everything else that needs to come with it. Really what it is is going within and really getting familiar with who you are, what your uniqueness is, what your, uh, like Preston says, your soul signature is, and share that with the world.
1: Yeah, and you know, I love that you said that um, because it's so true. I think a lot of people think that it's so hard. And I'll say this, it's difficult to get from the path that's not yours to your own path. Because it takes work to kind of cut all the ties mm-hmm. to the life that you've been living, especially if it's comfortable. Like, you got to think a lot of people have done the, the thing that's comfortable. Whether it's, you know, I went to school because my parents wanted me to go to school. I got this job because I needed financial security. Um, I ended up in this relationship because that's what I was supposed to do. And we do these things out of comfort and, and shoulds. And then it's really hard to break that comfort and say, you know what, I'm, I'm taking a stand for truth. I'm taking a stand for alignment. I'm taking a stand for authenticity. And the hardest part of getting on our path is stepping onto it. Once you're on, Mm -hmm. it's easy because you're in alignment with who you are. And it's like the universe, God, source, whatever, opens up this path for you and says, oh, you're here. You're ready. Here you go. Here's everything you need. Are there going to be bumps along the way? Yes. But here's everything you need. But the hardest part often is just stepping off the path that was never yours and finding and then saying yes to the path that is.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Alexi, uh, do you feel like because you're very clear on what it is now that you are here to do, that's why you're insanely committed. That's why you, you're, like I would say you're unstoppable. Like both, both <laughs> you and Preston are pretty much unstoppable. Like you're addicted to success. Like really. <laughs> we
1: absolutely are. And, and we, yeah, I would just say I'm, I'm so aligned and so is Preston. Like we are so aligned and we are so, it's not even like I trust, what I'm here to do, or I know what I'm here to do. I am the embodiment now of what I'm here to do. I am living mm-hmm. what I'm here to do. I'm, it's not some concept or idea or some thing that I write on my vision board. Yes. It's it's the truth of me. And now that I've I've come into deep relationship with the truth of me and my soul, I've got to listen because the minute I'm not listening to the truth and listening to my soul, that, that misalignment there is, is what causes suffering, you know, and for me, I'm so getting that because I know deeply and in the living embodiment of what I'm here to do, there is no stopping me because it's that important to me. It's that, it is that much a part of my life as breathing is. It's why I'm here, you know, and, and I do think that type of attitude is unstoppable because you can't stop somebody from the need to breathe. And that's how deeply I feel what I'm doing right now. It's as deep as
0: the need to breathe. Wow. Yeah, I can I can hear the devotion in your voice. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I know
1: you know it well. You know it well.
0: I know it well, yeah. Yeah, I you live it. it too. You live mm-hmm. it too. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it's like... Uh, I just want everyone to experience that, to experience, like, what it's like to live in your vision yes. that, like, when you have that clarity in your life, when you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get distracted. I know what I, what, what I do and don't settle for. I know, like, what my worth is. It changes the whole game.
1: It does. It does. But here's the thing, Joel. And you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. I don't want everyone to experience that too, but they have to want it for themselves. And, yeah. and the most frustrating thing about this whole thing. Is, is not that we know anything more than anyone else knows. Everyone has access to what we're tapping into, right? However, most people want the overnight formula to get it. They don't want to do the two, three, four, five years, five decades, five lifetimes of work that it takes to, to maintain this. You know, it's not an overnight thing. It's not like a oh, if you do these five things, then you'll get to this, which is what everyone wants, right? Everyone wants that secret formula. But the truth is, like you said earlier, it's about going inwards and actually accessing yourself. And that is scary for a lot of people. Like most people don't even sit in silence because their their thoughts are too loud, their voices are too loud. And that's, that's where you start, right? With meditation, with contemplation, with introspection. But that's often the hardest thing for most people to do. So it, it takes work, and I want people, anyone listening to this, to know that, you know, Joel and I, or Preston, my, my husband-to-be, we're no better, we're no different than anybody else out there, we just did the work. That's mm-hmm.
0: it. Yep, amen to that, amen to that. You know, Alexi, it's interesting you say this, um, it's it, it, like, it's, essentially it's like no excuses, right? Totally. Like, there are no excuses. I had a conversation with uh, someone I was coaching a couple of days ago and she's like going through cancer. Uh, she has a number of people in her family that have abandoned her because it's just too hard to help her deal with that. And she still, every day, immerses herself in self-development and is practicing meditation and like just really wants to be in that place. Not only wants, but is like willing to like make that Maybe, work. Yeah. And so, when I heard, like I literally cried after the call, I cried. Wow. Like, I felt emotional. I was like, Wow. And and wow. like I had another call with someone else that was just like making excuse after excuse, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I can't accept your excuses."
1: Right, <laughs> you're like especially <laughs> after the call. I Not just after had. this
0: call. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. That's and you know what? That is. I love. I love that you have a working example of that in your life because. Mm. I, I can't tell you, and I'm sure you get this on the videos and the podcasts you release. You know, people say, oh, easy for you to say. You come from a, oh, a, yeah. whatever story they have about you, a wealthy or a middle class or a mm-hmm. white da, da 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 And it's like, okay, cool. You know, is that all true? No. Um, you know, I've been working for every penny in my pocket since I was 12. Um, however, my work in Africa through my nonprofit is my example. That's, you know, that's my coaching client who's going through cancer because I'm out there every year and you're about to come out there with us in October, which I can't wait. Got but on. I'm out there every year with these people who seemingly to our Western eyes have nothing. You know, most of them don't have clean water. Most of them don't have electricity. Most of them barely own more than two or three pieces of fabric. But Oof. all that being said, there are some of the wealthiest people I've ever met. Because they are tapped into something way deeper, way bigger than money and resources. They're tapped into love, they're tapped into hope, they're tapped into faith, they're tapped into community. And quite frankly, I learned all about that yay thing, that that bliss, that contentment from them. Because they taught me that no matter what your external circumstances are, no matter how awful and, and unseemingly, you know, like I can never get over this thing, no matter how bad it seems. You have a choice within every circumstance to say, I'm, I'm in ownership of my life, or I'm in victimhood of my life. Mm. And these people, to me, represented dignity and ownership in all facets of their lives. And they've created the seemingly impossible out of their standards and, and their way of living. And it was just such a reminder that there is no excuse in life. There is... I don't care if you're... Bill Gates said this, and and this is like the best quote ever. I just read this today. He said... You, it's not your fault that you were born poor, but it's your fault if you die poor. And, Ooh, you know, is that I good? I love that. <laughs> it's so good. And and listen, you can substitute poor and make it mean money, make it mean love, yep. make it mean companionship, make it mean faith, make it mean happiness. I don't care what you were born with, but it's your fault if you die without it. Because wow. from the time you're born until the time you die, you have free will and you have choice. Mm-hmm. And that is our most powerful gift is as human beings, is we have the ability to choose our response to life. And no matter what you're in, like your client, she is in probably the hardest time of her life, I'm sure. You know, I've never been there, but I can only imagine. But she's still choosing positivity. She's still choosing to feed her brain and her spirit and her soul with all that goodness from personal development. And she's still choosing to get coaching. Like, how awesome is that? Like, most people like, oh, I have cancer. What's the point? Why should I better myself? Yeah. I'm just going to die anyway. There's that mentality. Mm. Or there's a mentality of like, I'm going to beat this. Let's go. I still got life in me. I still got breath in me. Let's freaking do this. Mm.
0: Yeah. It, I, I mean, that's it's so inspiring to to see somebody do that it's like through their actions not even saying it. it's just seeing who they are as a person and it's like even when it's tough as tough as hell and just like still pushing through it and having that faith i think faith is such a huge thing you know faith feeds your vision your vision feeds your faith totally you talk about in your book uh, about having like a strong like a compelling vision can you just tap into that real quick like how, how do we if we're stuck with a vision like how do we Enhance our vision or even create one that's that's powerful enough to pull us out of that place of of darkness
1: yeah, well, you know, I think vision and foresight is so important because Most people unfortunately if they're not living in vision, which is future They're living in the past and the past for a lot of people is really painful And the past is what is holding most people back and keeping most people stuck So any client I work with I always say, you know, where are you living? Are you in the past? And you're stuck in the past or are you in the future and feeling overwhelmed and anxious about the future? Most people aren't in the present moment and the present moment, the now moment is it's right here, right here, right here. It's always moving, but it's always right here. Mm -hmm. And as we take a breath in, take a breath out, all of our needs are met. Everything we could possibly need is in the present moment. And our breath is the perfect example of that, the perfect metaphor of that. And, you know, a a spiritual teacher who you've interviewed, Michael Beckwith, taught me that. Every breath in, every breath out is the reminder that we have everything we could possibly need. We live in an abundant universe. Now, with that knowing, breath in, breath out, I've got everything I need. Now I can cast a vision for my life. Okay, if it's true that I have everything I need, if it's true that I am a child of the Most High, that I am, you know, the the human incarnation of source energy, whatever you want to call it, if that is in fact true then what do I want to create? How do I want to contribute? What type of value do I want to bring forward to the world? And from that point, I always say, okay, let's get clear on your values as a human being. Like, what do you care about? What's what's a non-negotiable for you? And I know you do a lot of work with values and as do I because it's critical, yeah. right? It's critical. Yes, sure. If you don't know what you value in life, then you have no direction. You can have a big vision, but then you're, you'll go at any which way to get there. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and I know a lot of people who have a big vision, will cut corners in life to get there because they're at the vision at, at all costs versus their values at all costs. Yeah. And, and while I think it's super important to cast a massive vision for your life and have something that you're working towards, what's even more important are your values and knowing and being so grounded in your values at all costs, because then no matter what the vision turns into, you're living your values and your truth along the way. And I think that leaves space for magic to happen. It leaves space for uh, the inevitable, you know, like what's meant for your life, that sometimes our our human minds are so limited in capacity to even grasp what's meant for our lives. Like, For instance, what I'm doing right now, I would have never been able to put on a vision board five years ago. I just, I wouldn't have. You know, so like, true, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could have envisioned everything I'm doing right now. There's just no way because it has taken its own life. It's kind of taken its own shape in the process. But I have been fiercely committed to my values. And my values have opened up doors for me that I didn't even know were there. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your values <laughs> are like your compass, right? That's it. Every, your beliefs and your values drive every decision you make. And your life can change in a split decision everything just like yours did when you when you uh visited africa and all of a sudden you're like you know what i'm out
1: totally like i think about what my life would have looked like if i stayed on that path it just would have been so different (laughs) we'll just say that (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah it's funny it's funny to look at it like that but um I know that you're appreciative of everything that you've been able to achieve. Uh, You and Preston always have this smile on your face. So let me ask you this, because I think the the audience would be really interested in this. How do you find happiness in your relationship together?
1: Ooh, uh, it first starts with happiness within ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for Preston's happiness at all, and he's not responsible for mine at all. Uh, We are responsible for filling our own cups and making our own circles whole before we even come to each other. And I think the reason why we work so well is that we've, we've both been fiercely committed to our wholeness and in our commitment to our wholeness, we can then come together and create this magical space of overlap where two whole beings are coming together saying, okay, well, what, what can we create together as a whole being versus in my past relationships, and in Preston's past relationships, we were looking for somebody else to make us feel something, you know, or, or yeah. make us feel whole, make us feel better, make us feel more complete, mm-hmm. um, make us happier. You know, we were banking the, the happiness on the person or the relationship or the circumstance, whereas now we get that it's a self-generated thing. So now we're constantly self-generating and then coming together and two people self-generating happiness, bliss, love, communion, creativity, that like amplifies and just turns into like this thousand percent amplification of generating all these magical things. Oh, it's powerful, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why there's this like exponential growth between us is because we're, we're working on it within ourselves first and then coming together and like, spontaneously combusting all this stuff into the universe which is pretty cool
0: <laughs> <laughs> so descriptive I love it I'm getting visuals just listening to you uh, explain it all <laughs>
1: yeah you know I'm over here like you know doing this podcast on my bed with a laptop like using my hands and I'm like painting this whole picture and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say uh you know I, I spoke at an event with you and Preston uh last month and you guys just work in such a awesome synchronicity together like on stage and you are very expressive uh, as people (laughs) and you paint a great picture so um yeah it's it's just awesome to to see that you know that's possible like for me you know looking at like in the future having a relationship with someone i'm sure so many of the listeners right now it's just really great to see other couples that work so well together um i mean everybody has their challenges you guys aren't perfect nobody's perfect but just to see how you operate and you bounce back and forth you create together uh, you just like you get each other you're not stepping on each other's toes every minute so it's just really really beautiful to see I just want to drop that in there
1: thank you and I, I want to drop in too speaking of that event I think you know I just want to touch on how powerful it is to have people playing their same level of life alongside of you and you know you, we become really close through you and Preston knowing each other and now you know you came to Mexico with us and we're just, I mean, life is just unfolding in so many ways where we're getting super close. And then we've got Peter Kelly, who is also at the event. And it's just, it's so powerful to have a tribe of people that are as insanely committed to a bigger vision as you are. And for any listeners out there, and I'm sure you touched on this on the show, but I just want to reiterate it because mm-hmm. it's so critical to have people who are living it, who are the embodiment of that commitment. who are, we aren't just talking about it because a lot of people can talk about it. Right. Um, but there's something to be said for people who are actioning it and, and being it in their life because it just constantly keeps us inspired. It keeps us creating, it keeps us stepping our game up. Uh, there's no room to hide. We're all holding each other accountable for who and what we say we are. And it's just, there's so much growth that happens in that. And I'm just so grateful for people like you and PETA and Preston and, so many others that I can call friends and, uh, you know, cohorts in this commitment of ours. But, you know, for those of you listening, it's it's critical. It's critical. Get yourself around people who are committed and who are in this as much as you are because your game will elevate so much just from keeping company like that. And I just I just want to reiterate that because it's so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, Lexi. And thank you. I appreciate you just as much as you appreciate me. So... I, I feel like we raise each other's standards and I think that's totally. really what's most important is we call each other out on our own things and we lift each other up and you know, we, we see each other and yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just so great to to kind of know where the standard is and we can help set each set the bar, lift the bar. Like when I learn something, I share it with you guys. When you learn something, you share it with me. Totally. We plug I each other reading. into events and tell each other about books that are great and um, yeah, I mean, if you're listening now and you want to play in this space and do it properly, please do that. Find your tribe, find your people, find yeah. people that match the vibe that you're on and going in the direction that you want to go to, and playing at the level that you want to play at as well. Run yeah. with them.
1: It's huge. It's huge, and I love that you've got Mind Strong Alliance. I think that's that's critical because I remember, you know, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania where my biggest excuse was, well, I don't have access to people like that. Like, nobody's thinking how I'm thinking, right? And yeah. and again, back to the no excuses thing, like, you got the internet now, baby. You know, the internet yeah. has changed everything. Mm-hmm. And there's communities online that that are this. And you, you've created one. Uh, Pete has got one. I'm creating one now. And it's it's critical, you know, and, and you've got it. People just have to say yes to it and commit. And And again, no excuses. Get in the game.
0: Yep, that's it. Make it happen.
1: That's
0: it. So, so Alexi, uh, what is the most interesting thing that you've read lately? Because I know you just like you dive deep into books all day long and everything else. What's something that really just kind of like fascinated you uh, recently?
1: Yeah, well, I'm reading a book called Mad Genius and uh, it's really fascinating because he's talking about the kind of tenacity and borderline craziness it takes to be an innovator in the world. And it just had me really reflecting on what true leadership is, because I think for a long time I was doing what I thought was leadership, um, but I was really just kind of recycling and regurgitating what I had been learning, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that and sharing information, but there wasn't really anything like that genius about it or or innovative about it and what i've been stepping into the the past couple of years with my work is is sitting and steeping everything i create in the question of how can i actually innovate and innovate to me means like creating something new doing it from a new perspective that's never been done or considering seeing it from an angle on the flip side versus on the straight side and mm-hmm. I think this is what I've been playing with a lot lately because I feel like we've got such immense power and freedom with the internet that, that we can play. you know. And, and as leaders, I think playing is the most important thing and creating for the sake of creating and really um, trying new things and, and playing because I feel like especially in the personal development space, there's so much amazing stuff out there, right? But a lot of it isn't really that new. A lot of it is like recycled from the new age, uh, new age thought movement from even the twenties and thirties with Ernest Holmes. A lot of it is recycled from Napoleon Hill or if, you know, or if you go, let's go even closer to us, you've got, you know, the Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins crew. And then you go, you know, it's like everyone's kind of just recycling and regurgitating information. So, so my thing I want to play in, especially in this space of personal development is how can we. How can we we really challenge the old paradigm, which has been working to some extent, right? Challenge what's been working and say, how can we make it work better? Mm. Because a lot of people say, well, it's working. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's not that it's broken, but is it as effective as it could be? And I think, you know, we've got a new human in today's world. We've got a new human with a shorter attention span who's used to everything digital, everything fast, and... We're still working with an old model of personal development and human potential from the 70s. So, you know, my my thought process is, okay, cool, how do we innovate that? And, you know, you know a bit of the insight of what we do in our workshops, but Preston and I are pushing the envelope in our workshops, and we're trying on new stuff, and we're, we're blending modalities that haven't been blended before, because we believe that it's There's a new human that we're working with and we have to address it from a new angle and not just use the same old same.
0: Yeah, I I love that. You're a game changer. You're here to change the game and and, and switch it up, you know, keep it fresh. I know uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith and Lisa Nichols both said to me they're excited to see what we do yeah as young leaders as millennials they're excited because they know that it can only get better because we can learn from them but also improve even more we'll just we we'll just keep evolving like as a human being we're here to grow just like nature like just, it's designed in a way to just keep growing to the to the stars right it's just we're oh, designed in right. that way so like do that right evolve yeah. and just keep adapting to the times and, and pushing and living on the curve because that's yeah. where all the excitement is
1: it is. And, you know, and I, I think that's our true nature, too. Like if you look at nature, it, nature's constantly evolving, growing, shifting, adapting. And I think we are in a new world and we can't ignore it anymore. So I think for those of you listening at home, find an area of your life that you're like, yeah, I'm kind of killing it there. And then challenge yourself. Like, how could you kill it even more? How could you take what's working and just blow it out of the water in a new way that, that you couldn't even expect? And just sit in that question. You may not have an answer, but even sitting in that question creates just an opening for so many possibilities. And, and I think that's what we get to sit in as humans. Is like, how can I keep trailblazing, keep evolving?
0: Yes. You know what I say to that? Lucky us.
1: <laughs> yeah, lucky us. Lucky right? us,
0: right? The, the cards are so heavily stacked in our favor. Just people don't know that. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> I know. Honestly, like the internet is, I think about what would happen if we didn't have the internet. Like the internet has changed everything. Yes. And, and we are only at 10% of its capacity right now, mm. which is crazy to think about. You know, like technology and where it's going and where it's headed I mean, VR is like the next up and coming thing in video, but now there's interactive pieces where you just put your cell phone over a word in a book and it creates a whole experience for you. I saw it happen the other day and it's like, we have no idea where it's going. So why not play? Why not? Why not play in that? It's a giant question mark. So why not play in it?
0: Yeah, stop asking yourself why and ask why not.
1: <laughs> exactly. Or like, what? what's possible here that I can't even see? Like, ooh, what a question, right? Like, what's possible here? Huh, interesting.
0: <laughs> I love it, Alexi. So, Alexi, we're wrapping up this interview. I just got two more questions for you real quick. So, yeah. uh, what result are you looking for in your readers uh, to achieve through picking up 50 ways to Yay?
1: Communion with self. That is the only result I'm interested in anybody getting is a communion with themselves. And the tools that I laid out are a way for you to understand yourself. I'm not teaching you anything you don't already know. I'm just here to act as a facilitator to remind you of the truth of who you are. So if you get even a glimpse into the truth of who you are, then I've done my job.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I remember picking up your book and it has like a uh, little exercise at the end of each chapter, which is great because so many books don't have that. They just, yeah, just a bunch of stories. Whereas yeah. with yours, it's like, hey, here's a story, here's the uh, advice, but then look, let's apply now. Totally. Because you understand the importance of taking action, right? And so your that's readers it. will too and they'll get results. And that's pretty really what it is. When you buy a book, you want to get results. You don't want to read it and be like, oh, that was cool, it's fluffy, I feel good. And then it dies <laughs> exactly. off. And you're still yeah. in the same place that you were before you picked up the book. So
1: Exactly. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people are in- information overload. They like read, 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 read and don't apply anything. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you might know a lot, but if you're not actioning what you know, then it's useless. It's not power. Oh, yeah. It's potential power. Uh-huh. Amen
0: to that. <laughs> so, Alexi, we're reaching the end of this interview. Thank you so much for being a part of this with us. Of uh, your book, you can you pick it up on Amazon and you can pick it up on your website. Have you got you got it up on your website there?
1: Yep, yep, alexipanos.com or 50waysta.com.
0: Okay, beautiful. Now, I ask everybody at the end of. Each interview, this question. And the question is, and you're probably expecting this one because you've heard it before. (laughs) It's uh, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Mm. Say yes. Say yes to you. Stop hiding. Stop fearing that you're not good enough, that they won't respect you, that they won't see you. It takes you to see you first. So say yes to you, and the rest will unfold perfectly because we've been waiting for you.